Napa know-how. Right now, Napa Legend batteries come with a $15 rebate by mail. Their long-lasting durability stands up to extreme conditions. So even on scorching days, it'll puff its chest out and be all like, hey, summer heat, find another car battery to drain. Napa Legend batteries with $15 mail-in rebate. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 831.18. Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is MC Money, Matt Kanata, and I'm joined by Sutton, the creepy-ass soccer dad, and Sutton, the creepy-ass doctor. And we apologize for starting just a little late tonight. For those listening live, a few technical difficulties that we have sorted all out. And Houts and Sutton, welcome back to Finsider Radio. We know it's been a long one week, and you guys have stayed out of trouble and stayed out of jail. And we are glad that you are here to join us tonight. Thank you. You definitely said something twice at the beginning, right? Did I say I something just, twice? I may. I think you just. I'm, you call us both creepy dudes. Clear, clearly, he's thinking about me. He's thinking about me a little bit too much. And we all when did are. when did when did creepy become a adjective to describe me? Um, some, as of, son as of, of literally bitch. like. As of literally like <laughs> as of literally like twenty seconds ago, that's when it became an adjective. If you have a problem with this side, we can discuss this off the air. You know, we don't have we don't have to be like Mike and Mike where you know we're angry at each other, not talking to each other. We we can handle us like professionals that we are. But you but you wanted to be like Doctor Phil last weekend, so we're confused. Was I Doctor yeah. Phil last week? We we you were telling everyone to call in and We'll talk to him about would. the problems. Okay. <laughs> See? And that still applies. That still applies. But speaking of calling in, we've been very nice to everybody over the past almost one year. Where when people have called in, we used to just pick up the phone, right? We used to just say, okay, we're going to stop what we're talking about, and we're going to pick up this phone. That stops today. Uh, wow, that sounded really mean. But here, here's the thing. <laughs> we, uh, we, we have figured out – or not figured out – taken us a year to realize that when we pick up the phone and um, this in the middle of our thoughts, right, in the middle of our stream of consciousness, we get thrown a little off track. So we're not going to do that anymore, and that's just the way it's going to be. We are big time now, so we have the ability to say this. When we were first starting out, nobody listened to us <laughs> except our parents and our, our significant others. Now we have more than 10 people listening to us, so we can say – and we're going to do what we want to do. We, so we did you until call, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get back down to five listeners. Oh, my right, God. There's so. somebody calling in. Someone is calling in right now. Okay. <laughs> if you're on a <laughs> – Bring them on. Okay. They're like, is this, is this guy serious? <laughs> Let's find out right away. <laughs> Damn. All right. So after all that, 
someone's calling us right now. So if you're on hold, area code 407-622, I'm not going to say the rest. Um, we have where you're going to start specific calling times. So you can either A, stay on hold. What if Marina is no. on the line? Then what, like, it, we're it, just... could, it could be. <laughs> it, could, it could be Marina. But we're going to keep you on hold, uh, yeah. whoever's on hold. You can call back at 950-950. Or you can just stay on hold, okay? Because we are uh, we have a show and we have thoughts and we have everything else, and we're going to have a specific designated time for callers. If you miss that slot to call in from nine five zero to nine five seven, then you miss out and you can call us next week. But four zero seven six two two nine seven one zero, you can stay on the line until nine five zero, or you can call us back at nine five zero nine fifty. I don't want to get that confused with 9.15, although it's already 9.37 p.m., and why would I be saying 9.15? Anyways, are we ready to start this show or what? <laughs> I'm ready, dude. Let's do it. All right. So let me just start off by saying 42. And when I say 42, that, that can mean a lot of different things, right? It's Jackie Robinson, right? It's also Mariana Rivera. Um, it's the number of times that Sutton has been rejected when trying to give out candy to little kids. 42 is the number of times... <laughs> <laughs> 40, 42 is the number of times that, uh, you know, Houts, you know, does this thing with his wife um, <laughs> on a weekly basis. Uh, 42 is also the number that Jarvis Landry has been ranked on the NFL Top 100. And yeah. last year, last that is a huge jump from last year, right? Because last year, what was he at, 99? Yeah, I believe so. He, he, 98 or 98. 98, I think. He was he was in the upper 90s last year and jumps up to 42. But Jarvis Landry, being Jarvis Landry, is still not happy with that. And he made it known on Twitter last night by uh, simply putting 41 question mark. And if you've been following Jarvis Landry and his obsession with the NFL Top 100, you know that 41 question mark means that he be- he doesn't think that there are 41 other guys in the NFL who are better than him. And Jarvis Landry is not happy. Last season, he held up a sign in his locker that uh, said 97 which uh, or 98, which um, signified, signified, signified that there were that many players before him that were uh, ranked better than him. And he used it as motivation. So this year we can only assume that 41 will be hanging in his locker room. So for me, the NFL Top 100 is quite silly. I don't really put much stock into it. I know you're getting voted on by your peers and other players in the NFL. It means something. I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything. But for me, um, I don't put a whole lot of stock into it. Maybe it's because I'm not a player. If my coworkers were to rank me in my company, maybe. You know what? I probably would be pissed if they said there were 41 other people that better than me, because there aren't. And I'm probably in the top five of my organization where I work for. And if someone said 42, and there's only six people that work for your organization, (laughs) shut up. There's 1200 actually. But if, but if he said, if someone said, Matt, you're number 42, I'd get pissed too. So, you know what? I'm siding with Jarvis Langer now. I'm changing my complete rationale behind this midstream right in the middle of the conversation, and I am siding with Jarvis Landry. Houts, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The top 100 is kind of silly, but when you put it under that kind of perspective, I'd be pissed too if some of my coworkers chose really 
anyone over the house. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm in your boat. I don't think that in my organization, in my career, that there's, well, there's not 41 people that I work with. That's besides the point. But I just don't feel like there are many people that are better than me, and I can see where Jarvis Landry is coming from. He continues to try to get better. In my opinion, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. I'm just happy he's not 98 because that, that's just embarrassing. That's not even – that's disrespect. What he got last year after the season he had, I mean, even that, that's just crazy. So I'm happy with 40, 42. Yeah, man, he just he embodies that competitive spirit. That's the the whole thing that we love about him. And of course, we, you know, we'd be disappointed if he's like, oh, 42. I'm really proud of myself. You know, of course, he's gonna take any chip that he can get and run with it, and uh, make himself a better player. That's just who he is, um, and that's that's why we love him. He uh, he's our heart and soul, and he's uh, by the players. He was voted as the best Miami Dolphin, assuming there's not going to be anybody else, which I don't think there will be. Um, so, I mean, he was voted the best Miami Dolphin, and he's a true team guy, so I think he'd rather have the uh, the team accolades than the individual achievements anyway. Yeah, so let me just point out that he is – we said that he was ranked the 42nd best player in the league, making him the highest on the team and in the top 10 among league receivers. He's voted better than T.Y. Hilton, who was 61, Des Bryant, who was 60, Jordy Nelson, 48th, and get this, Amari Cooper, who was 53rd, okay? So when you're talking about the NFL, really, who gets to the top of those lists first? Quarterbacks, cornerbacks, defensive ends, right, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Those are Mm -hmm. who top those lists. So I think maybe – and running backs too. I think maybe Landry will end up in the if he keeps it up in the top twenty next year. I don't know if he'll ever get to the top ten just because of the nature that he is not a true number one wide receiver. He's not a quarterback, he's not a running back, he's not a cornerback, he's not a defensive end. He's not one of those premier positions out there. He's a, a slot receiver. And some people might say Wide receiver is a premier position. But when you're a slot receiver, I think your ceiling is only so high, right? And let's not fool anybody. Travis Landry is not a number one receiver. I don't think he'd be a number one on anybody's team, regardless of what he thinks. So I think that has to be kept in mind as well. I'm not sure if you guys have any different thoughts than that. I just want to know who you guys would take, Amari Cooper or Jarvis Landry? Because hearing that Jarvis was ahead of Amari, that kind of made me think. I mean, I know we don't want to piss people off. I know – we all love Jarvis Landry, but uh, damn, I, I didn't realize he was ahead of Mari Cooper. That's uh, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> and this is this is a little bit be- beside the topic, but just I think we're gonna slowly drift away from calling wide receivers number one, number two, and and stuff like yep. that. I just think they're gonna be interchangeable pieces, and so many teams playing three wide sets now, they're getting so many more snaps than their predecessors, so. I could see a team absolutely taking Jarvis Landry as a number one wide receiver in the sense that he would probably get the most targets out of the wide receiver group. Now, where it gets messy is do you consider the most dominant wide receivers the ones that play on the edge? You know, obviously if they're bringing in 10 10 touchdowns, you don't matter where they line up on the field, but – Man, it seems like the name of the game's in the middle of the field in the NFL right now. So I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting. No, you're debate. right. You're right. You're right. Um, but I still think teams have their 
bonafide number one wide receiver who they can count on to go to in clutch situations. Maybe maybe that's not the best way to describe it. But I think that one guy, you know, I don't think – I don't know. It's hard to describe. But going back to House's question, I mean, God, Amari Cooper or Jarvis Landry? <laughs> it's crazy. Dare I, dare I say Amari Cooper? I, that's what I'm saying. We don't want to piss anybody off. But, I mean, my first instinct was Amari Cooper. But that's not a knock against Landry. I mean – Mark no, Cooper, they're two fantastic yeah, players, <laughs> and they both bring different things to the table. But God, that right there, know. that's a top 100. That's a top 100 in a nutshell, right there. I mean, you got so, they're, they're definitely are, a lot you closer. Are being very quiet with this one. Uh, who would you take, Landry or Cooper? Yeah, I have to go. I have to go Landry just because I I do kind of carry that Alabama stigma with me in the sense that their bodies tend to break down um, more so than maybe their their competitors. So um, just just that slight nudge, I think Landry's going to have better longevity. So I would rather take Landry. Hmm. Oh God, I I I love Landry. I love his heart. I love his passion. I don't know. That is one tough question, uh, House. Here's what we're going to do. I just, those I just think 18. Those in the, yeah. Go ahead. An 18 spot difference. You said a Cooper was 60 and Landry 42. Like, regardless of who you take, that's just that's way too big of a, a gap between the two players because, in my opinion, I mean, there's really no wrong answer. But Amari Cooper, he's just a great receiver. All right. Here's what we're going to do. If you are in the live thread right now, we want you to tell us who you would take, Jarvis Landry or Amari Cooper, okay? I'm going to post this on my Twitter feed as well right now, and we're going to, by the end of the show, we're going to see who who our followers and who our listeners would want to take between those two wide receivers. So we'll get some fan interaction going here and figure that all out. Any other thoughts on Jarvis Landry and the NFL Top 100 before we move on? By the way, Ryan Tannehill still has not been named on that list yet. Do you smell Get out of 20, here. <laughs> do you smell a Top 20 appearance by Ryan Tannehill? There's no, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Would be great, I'd, I'd lose my damn mind. I mean, if he stayed healthy, I I could see him being on this list. But after he got hurt, I, there's ahead of Landry, that's, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any way that Brian Tannehill ends up on this list. If he does, I think I'd be totally shocked. Uh, he was injured for this last part of the season, and he hasn't gotten to that level yet where he can take over a game and and really be that person. We'll see if that changes this coming year. But I think we may have seen a last landing dolphin on that list with Jarvis Landry being named at 42. What do you guys think? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the last one. It's worth noting I went back and looked at some of the other ones, and I think this is the first year the Dolphins had four players in the top 100. I mean, I think they've only been doing it for like three, four, five years, but this is the first season that we saw four players hit that list. So it's just proof that the Dolphins are building something special in Miami. Yeah, and what Adam Gase has done a phenomenal job. And he's Absolutely. going to continue a phenomenal job. Just as long as, uh, you know, knock on wood, the injury bug does not hit and the Dolphins just continue rolling around and it carries the momentum over from last season. All right, we have finished this discussion. Before we jump into a brand-new subject, we are now going to open the lines three minutes early. That means we're going to close the lines three minutes early. So 
You have until 9.55 to call in tonight. 9.55 Eastern Standard Time. It is 9.48 right now. 347-326-9461. Again, that's 347-326-9461. We'll also take questions from the live thread and on Twitter right now. If we don't get to your question at this point and this time frame, then we apologize. And please try again next week. We are at the point now where we are getting too many questions to answer and too many phone calls each week to really take care of everyone and not have an hour, hour and a half show. All right, we're going to bring on this caller, area code 407. Who are you? And welcome to FinFetter Radio. What can we do for you? Dolphin Fan for life. Thank you for giving Alpha my phone number. <laughs> I, I did not. I did not give you the whole phone number. I gave the area code yes, and the first did. three digits, and I did not give the and last the four second, digits. The second has, time. Has, that, <laughs> has any? Has anyone? Has anyone texted you yet, Christoph? No, not yet. But I'm expecting a visit from Alpha's monkeys anytime now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I do apologize for that, Christoph. But what can we do for you tonight? <laughs> Um, well, there's been a concern with, you know, I mean, I understand New England's great and all that, but to rank basically position by position, other than Brady and maybe Gronk, if he can stay healthy, I don't see how they can basically put their offense as a number one offense, maybe collectively, but position by position, I don't see it. And, you know, if you take out the quarterback and you take out Gronk, I think our talent level surpasses even theirs um, if Pouncey stays healthy because their issues are the same. I mean, that's the thing about the the Patriot offense, though. They don't really have huge skill position players, but the way they get it done is just effortless. I mean, just they have that dink and dunk small, you know, that short passing game down to a science, and it's really tough to stop. So they don't really need much more than Edelman and Cooks and a couple scat backs coming out of the backfield and Gronk. I mean, that's 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 all the weapons that they need right there. So I think it's going to be for us getting that penetration on uh, up the middle uh, to uh, just, uh, just affect the timing for Brady. Because that statement about a number one receiver, if any of the teams, I think all three of the teams in our conference would take Landry as a number one receiver all day, every day. I mean, they did it with Welker. They they did it with Edelman. They're doing it with Cooks now. I just think if they had the opportunity, Jets, Bills, Patriots would snatch him up in a quick minute and uh, it is quite possible Christoph absolutely but Christoph we do have other callers on a line would you just wrap up for me please yeah um what position other than tight end and quarterback do you really see New England surpassing us with and do you think we're any closer to taking them off the mountaintop all right, I'm going to put you on mute for a second here. Thank you for calling Finside Radio. We'll answer your question right now. How it's, um, do you want to take this question or do you want me to? You get it. I'm, I'm good on that New England talk. <laughs> All right, so, so first off, I, I think you're right, tight end. Yes, the, the Patriots are better. 
quarterback, the Patriots are obviously better. But you're right. I don't. I don't think. I, I think here's the thing with the Patriots. While they may not be better with talent on paper, or you know, when you look at the player, player A compared to player B, maybe player A on the Patriots is not better than player B on the Dolphins. But what I can tell you is this: the players on the Patriots are extremely smart, and they play within their system, and they know exactly what they're doing, what everyone else is doing on the field at, at the right time. And that's what you need. You you see so much talent get by and win regular season games when it really comes time to the playoffs. And this is why the Patriots are so damn good because their players are so smart, right? 90% of the players on that field are very smart football players and they know exactly what to do and how to exploit others. I just saw it tonight with our high school baseball team with the school district I work for, right? Lost in the first round of the playoffs, but not, I don't just don't want to point out the high school baseball team, but I want to point out all the, all the teams here in the city I live in. We, we've seen a trend uh, over the past, decade or so where we do well during the regular season but when it comes time to playoffs uh, uh, we don't take the next step and that's and we get beat by other teams where they don't have better talent than us no way they have better talent than us but their kids are a lot more smarter in terms of the actual sport they're playing uh, they're more baseball smart uh, they're more football smart they're more basketball smart they know how to exploit and that's exactly what the Patriots do anyone else in the any in the entire NFL. All right, Crystal, thank you for calling. Let's bring on the next caller, three zero five two one three. Thank you for calling Finsider Radio. What is your name and how can we help you? Uh, my name is Kai. Calling for the first Kai, time. Kai, welcome week. back. Kai. Welcome back, buddy. We missed you. Yeah, uh, my computer has been broken, so I haven't been able to do any like YouTube videos, dolphin related. So I just kind of wanted to take myself out of dolphin Twitter for a couple weeks, but I just got it back. So I'm back on Dolphins Twitter. But uh, to go back to the, the the thing where they were saying, or Chris Alma was saying about um, the Patriots in terms of them and us, I think the one thing that we all, I guess Dolphins Twitter in general and also just the NFL, uh, and you see it in the NBA as well, make the mistake of is trying to compare it to other teams in terms of how uh, their talent matches ours. And not saying that we can't compare it, obviously, but – just for the fact of trying to beat them, how everyone says that they try to, in terms of the NBA, try to create a roster to beat the Warriors or the Cavaliers instead of just waiting either that or building a roster of talented players. And I think that's one thing that this Dolphins organization, in terms of under Adam Gase, uh, that they've tried to do, bring in talented players rather than try to bring in players to stop Tom Brady or to stop any other player in the AFC. I just want to get your guys' opinion on that. Yeah, fine. I'll let you take this one. Um, I'll, I'll throw this out there in terms of building a team, like the, the difference between the NBA and NFL is just the sheer amount of games and think about the number of games that you play in your own division in the NFL. I mean, that's 38% of your year, each and every year you're playing the same teams. So I think you always have to kind of keep an eye on what teams in your division are doing. So yeah, you, you're not going to just abruptly change schemes just, to try to beat the other team, but you might have to adapt the personnel you get to match what they're doing. Um, so I, I think you certainly have to keep the division in mind, um, but you don't necessarily have to get in such a mold there that you don't say, for example, take the best player available in the draft or something like that. So, um, but you definitely want to keep in mind how other teams in your division are constructing their rosters. All right, thank you, Sutton Kai. Thank you for calling Finsider Radio. We appreciate you getting back to us and rejoining us. And 
hopefully all your computer issues have been solved. Uh, stay off those crazy websites that we know you probably like to go to. Okay, uh, let's go to Twitter now. Let's look at some questions <laughs> Always there. Always throwing out jabs. <laughs> Always jabbing. I was thinking, um, to be fair, <laughs> man. Rob Caruth asks if the Dolphins have screwed around too much with the Landry contract extension. No, Rob, they have not. Just relax. If everything goes according to plan and things um, are going according to plan right now, the Dolphins will have a contract with Landry before the start of the season. As you know, things don't happen until the deadlines and internal deadlines get closer, which is what the Dolphins and Landry's camp has right now. And and I think once you see training camp hit, and I think you'll see a contract be announced. Okay, anything from the live thread right now? Yeah, I got a question from Griffin Van Nest, who is Ohio Fin fan for life for any insider veterans out there. His question is, what are the fans going to do in, in getting ready for the season, and who else is going to the Hall of Fame this August? Um, I'm getting ready for the season, and I'm like Griff, where I tend to go to away games. I've never actually been to a home game, so I always try to you know, I, I'm really excited when the schedule comes out so I can start planning what game we're going to. So really the only thing left I have to do this year is to pester MC Money until he buys tickets for us for the MetLife game. So I, I, I know yep. what's happening this year. Absolutely. Are you going to are you going to Canton? Um, you know, if if my oldest son was a little bit older, I think I would make it down. So uh, we'll we'll see. It's really tough for me to plan anything in the future with four kids under four. So, but MetLife uh, what's is more, one of them. What's what's more what's more important? <laughs> uh, Jason Taylor's induction into Hall of Fame, or your family and your kids? <laughs> well, gee, when you put it like that, it's really tough to not choose Jason Taylor. <laughs> That's exactly what I was hoping you would say. You are finally I mean, you really you are sold finally that coming. You are finally coming along. All right. Uh let's move on now and thank you all for calling and asking questions again. This is our new format in terms of sticking to a very tight timeline in terms of fan interaction. I know our show is based off the fans, but we also want to make sure we get all the information we have out there for you and our discussion, because I do get information throughout the week. House and Sign have been working on getting information as well, and we do want to share what we know and what we have for you and what you may not be hearing out on the World Wide Web. Okay, so before we jump over to cornerbacks, which will be our last discussion of the week, let's jump back to the Amari Cooper versus Jarvis Landry debate. Kristoff is saying that Cooper, for all his ability, still isn't in the record books for most catches in his first three seasons. Uh, Christoph, I, I, I like you, but I think that's because the Dolphins really didn't have anyone else to throw to except Jarvis Landry his first season, and especially with Bill Lazor there uh, when, when he was there that first year. So uh, Christoph would take Jarvis Landry. We have some good engagement right now on Twitter going on. Uh, our Dolphins says we are master debaters. Oh, my God, I just realized what he was trying to say there. Oh, Jesus, Robert. Okay. You can't All put right. anything past Cheers, you. Rob. Cheers. You are the worst, Robert. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't believe I did not catch that. All right. Sean <laughs> says. Sean says he will take an outside guy any day of the week. Uh, RJ says Amari Esteban Sabreros is telling me that uh, Devonte Parker 
oh, I missed this question. The coach is onto something. Yes, I think the coaches are onto something. I think they hope that Devontae will take the next step this year. And all signs point to the hype being real, but we'll see once uh, training camp begins and the preseason starts whether or not it's real. It's a wait-and-see game approach with him right now. Jordan, uh, George Mack, everyone's favorite Dolphin Twitter uh, Twitter, uh, celebrity. He says Jarvis Landris. Uh, of course he Hayden, Hayden <laughs> Nadalny says, Hayden, Hayden Nadalny says, Coop, uh, Ben Howell, why, uh, Landry is winning. <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> after he writes, never mind, is a Dolphins focused account. <laughs> okay. Uh, so right now the ride results on Twitter <laughs> as we speak, uh, 53% for Jarvis, 47% for Amari. I think we have a bunch of homers following me. Um, I would still take Amari yeah, no. Cooper. And Kai says Jarvis so, yeah, every so day you of the can, week. You, so you can reasonably extrapolate that most of America probably thinks Amari Cooper. Yeah, I, I would say yes. But if, say if yes. you weed out all of us biased Dolphins fans, except, took like except a, for the players, right? poll. Except for the players that really landed yeah. ahead of it. Yeah, that's that's what's crazy here. Yeah, that's but, why hey, the, the top players, 100. The players, that's why the, the top players, 100 they, is a complete joke. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the I think say well, Andrew just better, has, right? He has I don't respect. know how to, yeah, I don't know how to put it. It just seems like Landry has more sex appeal. Like his highlight plays are that much flashier, and his that, that's the you know one-handed catches and stuff like that. I think that just yeah. puts him a little bit over the top there, just because he really does have truly elite skills in some areas. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting. We could have an entire show based on that, but we do need to get the cornerbacks. So we will revisit this before the end of the show. But let's talk about cornerbacks, okay? So the cornerbacks right now on the Miami Dolphins, Byron Maxwell, Bobby McCain, Cordria Tankersley, Lafayette Pitts, Larry Hope, and Stephen Howard, Tony Lippett, Jordan Lucas, and Tori McTire. That is your Miami Dolphins cornerback crew. Byron Maxwell, Xavier Howard, the two starters, Bobby McCain, a slot guy, Tony Lippett, the other guy on the outside, Quadria Tankersley, the other guy that is expected to take Byron Maxwell's spot, presumably after this season. That would give you a lineup of Tankersley, Howard, and Lippett rotating there on the outside, McCain in a slot. In my personal opinion, I, I don't get the hate on Byron Maxwell. I think he did a really good job last year. I, I'm going to tell you that and here's where, you know, we're able to focus on what we're talking about and not picking up the phone all the time. But uh, here's some inside information for those out there listening. The, the Byron Maxwell kind of aggravated the coaching staff of the Dolphins late last season. They felt that he could have played in the final week of the season and or the final two weeks, and especially in the playoff game against the Steelers. But Byron Maxwell uh, was convinced that he was not ready to go. Coaches felt otherwise. They were a little peeved at him. For that, uh, they did look into replacing him this offseason. If Tremaine Johnson had gotten away, the Dolphins were going to target him very aggressively to replace Byron Maxwell. Uh, he did not get away, so that went out the window there. But the Dolphins have Maxwell for another season. You saw them draft his replacement this season. But at the end of the day, I think last year Byron Maxwell struggled a lot out of the gate, but as the season went on, he, I, I think – he was one of the, uh, and this is going to be a hot take, I think, but I think he was one of the top ten corners in the NFL. Uh, Houghton Sutton, tell me if you disagree with me there. Hot take. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense that it definitely seemed like 
as the season went on, he got better. I mean, what it was, I think he was benched, what, week four or five, and then came back to play um, at home and deed up Antonio Brown really well. So that was, I think, kind of the resurgence there too. So, um, I mean, PFF agrees with you. They have him ranked as a top 10 cornerback, I believe, with, you know, and that's, taking all the snaps throughout the entire year. So it's not really that crazy of a notion if you dig a little deeper, but um, I really yeah. like this. I like this boundary group, to be honest with you. I think, you know, we have Xavier Howard, Lippitt, all guys. I mean, it seems like we have a fetish here. We have, uh, we have uh, Howard at 6'1", 198, Tankersley 6'1", 200, Maxwell 6'1", 203, Lippitt 6'3", 194. So we definitely have, like, the prototype that we want. Now it's just a matter of who's who's going to pan out. So hopefully we can get um, a- after Maxwell, assuming he's gone after this year, um, to have two of those three young guys step up and be those boundary corners for us. That's going to be a huge addition to this defense. Yeah, I think the boundary corner is really good. Like you said, I think if Xavier Howard goes down with an injury again, Tony Lippitt can jump right in. He struggled at times last season, but I think he's getting better and better. And with more coaching under this coaching staff, he's going to only continue to improve. you got Tankersley waiting in the wing. He's going to refine his technique a bit, get back on the field, and really uh, figure out how to play in the NFL with the adjustment from college there. And you got those four guys that can rotate in and out. And if any injuries happen, I think I'd be perfectly comfortable with all four of them playing on the outside. House, do you have any thoughts on, on that boundary group? And then we'll get to the slot receiver, uh, slot cornerback. Yeah, you both touched on Tony Lippett. I've been a big fan of him. I think he's 24 years old, turns 25 in July. I mean, you see him taking the steps each year. He's a former wide receiver that converted over to cornerback. And each year you just see improvement out of him. Last year, 67 tackles, four interceptions. Big fan of Tony Lippett, and I like his long range. I just think he's going to continue to get better, especially under his coaching staff. Uh, Xavier Howard, he's a player who maybe weren't high on his college tape, but then you saw what he did in the pros. If it wasn't for that injury, I think he would have been one of the better corners, at least on the Dolphins, if not in the NFL. And Byron Maxwell, I mean, I I live in Philadelphia country. I knew what they were getting when they signed him to that big deal. He didn't really quite live up to the hype, and then Miami made that crazy-ass trade. I was down in Disney World with my uh, wife and my sister, and my phone's just getting alerted. Kiko Alonso, Byron Maxwell, Dolphins. And I was, I was pretty damn excited. And like Sutton said, that <laughs> Pittsburgh game where he kind of locked down Antonio Brown after he had that week off. I mean, I was in attendance there. I was real bummed after that Titans game. But then to see what, what Byron Maxwell did, I mean, I was giddy. Goosebumps all over my arms. And then that J.H.I. game. So, I mean, for me, I'm a big fan yep. of these cornerbacks. And I think they're young. And, I mean, the sky's the limit for them. I'm just excited to see what they do uh, this season and the seasons after. Yeah, so the sky's the limit for the boundary cornerbacks, but in terms of the slot cornerback, you got Bobby McCain, who has struggled at many times, and, and I don't know if he's the answer at the slot cornerback position. Um, obviously, no one out there this free agency period who the Dolphins felt comfortable replacing McCain with. In the draft, it was hard because they had so many needs, and, and they addressed a lot of them, and it was hard to take for them to take two cornerbacks um, with everything else they had to address. So... You know, they have Bobby McCain again. You're not going to move Xavier Howard inside. You're not going to move Tankersley inside. You're not going to move Lippitt inside. You're obviously not going to move Maxwell inside. You can move Michael Thomas down from the safety position into the slot, but it seems like they want to keep Michael Thomas 
in center field there to get him uh, continually adjusted to that position. So it looks like Bobby McCain is the man. Um, if they wanted to, they can look at maybe putting in Jordan Lucas, the, the, the late round draft pick last That's year. That's what I was going to say, yeah. I mean, that would be the only one on the team right now that could, that could uh, challenge McCain. Obviously, in a pinch, they could probably put one of the other boundary guys in there if they really needed to because of injury concerns. But probably McCain doesn't excite me in a slot. I think they do need to find a replacement for him sooner rather than later. How do you agree with that? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I like what he did a little bit throughout his career, but, I mean, he – just seemed to lack something last season. So, I mean, the Dolphins definitely need to look into improving that nickel corner position. I'm fine with giving Brian McCain. He's, he's a young guy. I'm fine with giving him another season, but that's definitely something the team needs to look forward or needs to look for in coming years. Yeah, so Sutton, if, if we give McCain another season, I know it's very far off, but – and we don't know who's going to hit the market. We don't know, you know, the good slot cornerbacks in the draft. We haven't even started looking at that kind of stuff yet. But for you, let's just play fantasy a little bit. You know, if you could have one or two slot cornerbacks in the NFL, who who would you take? Oh, crap. Um, good question, MC Money. Um, now, I know Marcus Peters does from Kansas City. I know he does play on the boundary, but I believe that he got some, some snaps, some at least some, some significant snaps at slot corner. So I would go that one right there. Um, let me think. And then, and then I would, you have to go probably Bradley Roby from Denver. Um, mm-hmm. I'm with, you, you know, with Tlaib and Chris Harris, and then you have Roby playing in the middle there. That's a pretty lethal combination right there. And it just so happens that, teams seem to have a knack for getting the ball across the field, uh, over the middle of the field, I should say, against us. And it's usually the victims are the slot corner and the linebackers. So going into yeah. the draft, I was hoping we would get some more competition there. But, you know, Tankersley was nice value. Um, but, yeah, I think in the very <laughs> near future, we're going to have to look to see if we can at least get some better competition there. So I know I put you on the spot there. Um, thank you for answering that with such confidence, Sutton. This is why you are the cornerback guru. But just a few, <laughs> a few names, a few names who are set to hit the 2018 free agent market at the cornerback position: Trumaine Johnson again. He was franchised two years in a row. Our boy Vontae Davis. Okay, uh, both of those are boundary guys. But one slot guy, Prince Amukamara who really hasn't come into his own. He was a first-round draft pick by the Giants. He's now in um, Chicago, was in Jacksonville. So, I I don't know. Our boy Brent Grimes will be a free agent. Jonathan Joseph, Morris Claiborne, Justin Bethel, D'Angelo Hall, Malcolm Butler, DJ Hayden, Terrence Newman, Darius Butler, Devon House, Marcus Williams. Again, the uh, list is not very deep. So, I think if the Dolphins do continue to look for cornerback help, I think it would be addressed in the draft with the slot cornerback position. Who knows? Maybe Bobby McCain will have a light bulb moment this season and he will become a lockdown cornerback. Time will tell what happens there. All right. Absolutely. Let's go back. Let's go back to the Jarvis Landry versus Amari Cooper debate. 
Houts has put up a poll on Twitter asking who's more handsome, Jarvis Landry or Amari Cooper. Houts, what are the results right now with that poll? Well, I mean, it, it, the other poll is a little bit closer. This one seems to be, oh, God, there it is, 82% Jarvis Landry. I only have 11 votes, so, so. Got some time, but <laughs> so that's probably so, you, you, and and uh, nine other people. <laughs> I told my wife to vote too, so that's that's three. <laughs> so, on my poll, uh, Ian Wharton, who we've had on our show before, retweeted it, and he has a ton of followers. So, I'm getting a lot of the NFL draft guys in my mentions right now yelling at me that Amari Cooper is way better than Jarvis Landry, and they don't understand why I even asked the question. Obviously, they're not listening to the show because they did not hear that I would take Amari Cooper as well. But on our Twitter poll, on my account, at Finsider Radio, Amari Cooper is leading by a pretty decent margin, 58% for Cooper, 42% for Landry, over 100 votes right now. And I, do, I did set it for a few hours, so we have one hour left. Uh, I probably should have let it run a little longer just to talk about it again next week. Uh, but we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about everything else. Um, Following that and see where this goes, Travis Wingfield says he had Jerry Rice comparisons on Amari Cooper. Think he's going to be a gold jacket recipient. Ben Howell again says Cooper averages 3.7 more yards per catch, has more 20-plus and 40-plus yard catches in two years than Landry in three years. You are preaching to the choir, Ben Howell. Please stop yelling at me on Twitter. Listen to my show, and you will see that I agree with you. Sutton and Houts, any final thoughts for this week on Finsider Radio? I no, I just I really know. love you guys, and I'll miss you. Where the hell okay. are you going? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going? I'm going camping this weekend with the family. Okay. All right. So are and you then, you're going to get, like, eaten by a beer or something, and you're not coming back? I just – I mean, yeah, I might get – Um. yeah, what what did Houts have, like, a couple months ago? He had, like, a, a sore throat or something, and he couldn't do the show for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I'll come down with something like that. Yeah, but Houts is doing other stuff on the side there that we cannot talk about on the air. Wow. Maybe. Yeah, I probably shouldn't even have brought it up because <laughs> now, now our audience is yeah. captivated. You guys, are, you guys are a bunch of master debaters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, one final thought. Griffin on the Finsider Radio Live thread, it says, fact. You'll have your kids the rest of your life. JT goes into the Hall of Fame once in a lifetime. There it is, Sutton. There is your answer. Ditch the kids. Go see Jason Taylor in the Hall of Fame this summer. And we all Griffin's, that it, Griffin's throwing that down is, the gauntlet on me. That is if you survive your camping trip. Yeah, that is if you survive your camping trip this weekend. But we will yeah. hopefully talk to you next Tuesday. I'll be back next Tuesday, and so will how. Thank you for listening this week to Finsider Radio. We hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.
Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.